This entire month, both the Wrestling Perspective with P.D. Williams and the Dogcast with James Ellsworth is sponsored by Blue Chew. And I'm going to be honest with you. They gave me this amazing read. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the read, as you can hear it, crumble it up. And I'm going to throw it away. Because I have my own testimonial I want to spend the next couple minutes telling you about. I, I know you've heard Blue Chew on all the wrestling podcasts. I've actually used it. I use the promo code Ellsworth, which you should too to get your uh, free order. Only pay $5 for shipping. I did that. I was very skeptical. Wasn't sure. I Look, I'm 40 years old. I don't need Blue Chew. I feel like I'm okay. I get the job done. I climb to the top of the ladder. When the occasion rises, I take the briefcase and then I have the money in the bed briefcase. But I figured, you know what? Like the great wrestlers of the 80s, you have a good physique, but you know, a little little shot will help you make you look a little bit better, right? You you want to go the full TV time limit time sometimes. So I took a Blue Chew, chewed it up. I hopped in the shower. I came out, and I was ready to go. The bell rang, ding, 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 and it was no holds barred. I went in. And I got the job done. I I didn't need it, but it enhanced my performance, if you know what I mean. And I'm trying to keep it clean for the kids out there. But look, Blue Chew works. I can 100% tell you from, I won't lie to you. I took it myself. I tried it. Uh, let's just say if I was a, if I was a college all-star outfielder, Taking the Blue Chew, you would have been a Major League Hall of Famer just just from there. So I took it. It took me to the next level. I want you guys to have the same opportunity. Look, BlueChew.com. Go there. B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Go to Blue Chew. You can follow them on Twitter at Blue Chew. Get Blue Chew. Go there. Try it. I want you to try it for free. That's it. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling. Just use the promo code Ellsworth. E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H. Just use that promo code. Give it a try. Because now I'm using my own money to get Blue Chew. They're just some of those nights are special. You go out to a wedding, you have a few drinks, and you're like, you know what? Maybe tonight's not the night that I just want to go five innings and hope for a rain out if you're a baseball fan. Maybe tonight... I want to go the distance. I'm hoping for extra innings. I don't have to be up at work in the morning. Maybe we'll sleep in and have scrambled eggs and bacon. I don't know how you do it at your house. But at my house, I took the blue chew. I got the job done. Do you know what happened next morning? I got breakfast in bed. Like, wow. Now, I want to buy stock in blue chew. I'm not even lying at this point. So go, look, they're they're a sponsor of the Dugcast. And they're a sponsor of Wrestling Perspective. And I thank them. I also thank them for what they gave me in the bed the other day. So go to BlueChew.com. Try it out. Just use the promo code Ellsworth. It, it's phenomenal. You, you will love it. I loved it. You have to try it out. That's all I can say. I now have my own testimonial. It, it, I Hopefully... I'll have at least four or five more by the next month uh, to tell you about. But it was it was fun. It, I can read an ad. I can sell you on it. But I feel like for, for this month, maybe me telling you that it, it works. It truly works. 
Go to bluechew.com, use a promo code Ellsworth, get five, look, they're chewable tablets. They have the same ingredients as the blue pill and others, you know, it's over the counter, it's safe, I, I, all that stuff, man. And it works twice as fast. It does. I took a shower, came out, and guess what? I was like ricocheted, jumping off the top rope. I was ready to go. I dropped the elbow from the top rope. I got the one, two, three pin at the end of the night. I came out the undisputed champion. Now I know how Chris Jericho felt when he pinned Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in the same night. That's that's essentially how I felt. So go to bluechew.com. You'll hear us talk about it throughout the month. You'll see it on the website, wrestlingperspectivepodcast.com. You can tweet me. You can tweet Ellsworth. You can tweet PD Williams and ask us. I, I can tell you it works. I'm happy with it. I told Ellsworth when we hung out in Detroit about, like, like you really got to try this. You, you may not need it, but sometimes... You have to do an extra squat or two to get through a 60-minute Ironman match. You got to be prepared for it. And that Blue Chew is your extra squat. So go check it out. Try it. Read up on it. It works 100%. Go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Ellsworth. It's time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell, and he's the Honorable Petey Williams. All rise, Petey. Court is now in session, my friend. (laughs) How's she going, eh? It's going good. Look, that was just the pop me and you in all honesty. I'm not even going to lie about that intro. should we let's start off with this? Here, here's the deal. We're inside baseball. I we we tell everybody a lot of the inside stuff we do because we want them to be part of the podcast, right? You're correct. So we're going over show notes, thinking of things we're talking about. Are we going to talk about all in? Sure. Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, we'll hit it all. Don't worry, guys. But we got started down the path of talking about wrestlers' court. And I really, even though it was less than two minutes ago, I don't remember how we brought it up. We, I think I, you said something, and then I joked about taking you to the wrestler's court, and you're like, yo, we should talk about that, because we've touched on it in the past, but we've not really talked about it. And then, Petey, I'll let you tell the rest of the story, because I, how long has it been since you've been in, around, or part of a wrestler's court? It's probably been, uh, well, back in my first run in Impact when I was under contract. So I'd say it was probably around like anywhere between 2006-ish to like 2007 or 8. So, I mean, we're, we're going back like 10 to 12 years. And you don't hear about it as much anymore. I mean, you heard about it. So Wrestler's Court, for those that don't know, it's, it's pretty much like Kangaroo Court. It's like, you know, making your own rules. Um kind of on the fly like it, it's not a real court like you're not held to any laws it's just kind of like a uh not a morale thing but locker uh, room justice the boys police yeah, themselves exactly you're 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 you know the the judge the jury and the execution are all in one so 
and, and usually how it goes, and I know I hear stuff um, back in like an old WWE days where like Undertaker's usually the judge, you know, because you usually use the guy with the, the most experience, highest seniority, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're usually a judge. And then somebody probably pretty good is the prosecutor. Um, and they're defending, obviously, or they're on the side of the, the complainant. And then the defense, usually if you get called to wrestler's court, I mean, 99% of the time, you're being found guilty, right? And the defense uh, attorney is usually, they appoint like the greenest guy in the locker room, like a guy that's like just got there or whatever. In my case, um, I, I did attend one um, and I remember Conan and I, Conan was the judge uh, because, you know, he has like a, a lot of seniority and I, I don't, I really wish and I've been racking my brain about it since you said the intro. And when we we're talking about it, I really wish I could remember, uh, like the two guys that went to court, who was taking who to court. I really don't remember. Um, it had to have been like either X division guys or like, uh, maybe an LAX. Cause we always like the old LAX. Cause we always changed in the same locker room. So it had to have been something like that. And I remember it and I don't remember who the pro- prosecutor was, but it was probably somebody, you know, with a lot of, uh, as well with a lot of seniority. Um, maybe like a Billy Gunn or something like that. Um, but I remember the one thing I do remember is the defense attorney that Conan appointed was um, a Mexican that. Oh, oh, my dog's breathing on me. He wants I, part of wrestler's court. I, I thought you um, got winded telling the story. Yeah, no. Um, it was a Mexican that spoke like no English whatsoever. You know, because like uh, Conan has like, you know, ties in, in Mexico and stuff like that. So we would bring some luchadors and stuff like that. So he'd be like, hey, you know, and Conan would have to translate like this is what's going on. So he's like, OK. And that's so, I mean, he wasn't even needed pretty much because he didn't speak English. And the guy, the defendant was English, like spoke English. So it was it was it was just so ridiculous. I don't even remember what the last disposition was, what the like. And it's usually, it's all in good fun. And it's usually like the de- the defendant, he did something wrong and he's going to pay for it. And it's not going to be money or anything like that. It's going to be like, you know, y- you have to carry his bags for three days or, or now you have to like walk around with this t-shirt on for the rest of the day. Or, um, you know, you have to uh, sit not sit at that table at the next time at catering it's something stupid i mean it's it's nothing really it's big and it's all in good fun kind of like the past of time but i mean it's a time-honored tradition and they've done it since i mean i don't even know how long they've done it for but it's kind of like how we police the boys like hey this is the locker room etiquette and this is how things should be done and if you step out of line you know you step out of line um if it's something like really massive that's going to get you major heat that's that's probably beyond like wrestler's court at least that was always my understanding um that it's like you know it's like it's in good fun but at the same time it's like hey man you got to take this punishment or you're gonna have heat for a very very long time so you and i were talking because you were like you know it's been a while maybe we should do this and we were kind of trying to come up with reasons or things that you have let slide. Now that you're the veteran in the locker room, we've talked many times, you know, 
how about how you've walked into a locker room. Not everybody gets up like they used to for the veterans in there. And now that you're a veteran, we couldn't think of any real examples. But we hit on one, and I am going to push you into taking this man in the wrestler's court, who, by the way, I'm a huge fan of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's that? I think you should take Trevor Lee to wrestler's court on the first or second day of the St. Clair tapings for Impact Wrestling. I I am putting in the motion now, and Trevor, you'll probably never listen to this. Uh, by the way, hi, I'm, I'm a huge fan. One day I'd love to get you on the podcast after this wrestler's court thing blows over. But until then, I'm calling for you to go to wrestler's court. Oh, is this because uh, uh, the Canadian Destroyer? He, on that, that impact show, right? He took um, a Canadian destroyer on an impact show. Now, recently, I, like on one of our Twitch live impact shows and uh, stuff. Actually, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A show that uh, you were not on, but he took it. Now, common sense would say, well, wouldn't you take the guy who gave the Canadian destroyer? Sure. That's, in my mind, is the easy way I'd have out. To take, I'd have to take everybody to court. I'd have to subpoena, like, uh, everybody now it's gotten to the point where because before nobody used to do it now it's gotten to the point where everybody does it but you know on impact you can't do it because i'm at least you know on the roster pretty much um so i can't take everybody to court that'd be awesome if i could oh it could be one of those uh, class action lawsuits or something like that but like in reverse well <laughs> i i think as we speak maybe after we're done you have to, you should give him formal notice that he is being taken to wrestler's court. This is good. Now, hold on. I got to set up because obviously, you know, between you and I, Dennis, um, uh, you know, in a private room talking right now. Right. Uh, no one listening. He's, he's, yeah, nobody listening. Uh, he's going to be found guilty. I mean, there's, there's video evidence of this. I mean, I don't know what his defense would be. Um, at all, if any. Well, you know, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, he takes like a, a he pleads to like a lesser like sentence or whatever. Like instead of carrying my bag for three months, he only has to carry it for one or something like that. Like without going to court. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I, you take I think, him. I think you. I think that would work. I, I, yeah. Well, I mean, true crime is a. It was done on a show by a company you are employed by. Not only employed. But you're an agent, a producer, uh, I'd say a unofficial member of the booking team. Uh, you you do everything short of selling popcorns and setting up a ring there. Hey, you know what? The other day, uh, I did you see me uh, in Toronto? No, you know, no, yeah, you came. Yeah, we drove back together. Yeah, uh, I was taken down the ring. Did you see that? I was taking off some of the straps and stuff. I did just because I appreciate these guys. You know, I mean, so yeah, trying to get back to your up roots. taking down the ring too. Look, What's that? Trying to get back to your roots. <laughs> yeah, man. Right. But hey, this is what this is what I want to think about. I'm like, now that you're saying that, it'd be interesting to see who all, you know, plays a part in this. Like Conan, you know, I would say out of everyone in the locker room, probably has, uh, I would say the most seniority, been around the longest. So oh. he'd probably be the judge. Wait, 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 wait. Hold that thought, Petey. Now, do what? you have Trevor's phone number? Uh, I'd, I'd have to check my phone. Honestly, I, I don't know. Can you check it while we're taping the podcast? Because here's my I thought. Don't, I don't. Here's my thought. You should send them a text and say, do you have 
three minutes to to let me tell you something on the podcast. You don't even have to say a word. He gets on, and we deliver the news live on the podcast that he is being subpoenaed for wrestler's court. Um, let's see. Trevor. I don't have Trevor's number. Ah. I not I don't have it saved. I'd probably have to go through my like emails or something like that. Yeah. No, um it was a thought. Yeah. I, I thought it no, would be, be fun. Great. I thought it'd be fun. Yeah. But I think like the prosecutor who would the prosecutor be? Who who's like kind of, the prosecutor's usually like a locker room leader ish. All right. You so know, I would besides say, the judge. I would say if I'm looking for a prosecutor, it would have to be something like Sammy Callahan. Oh, that's a good one. I think Sammy would make a great prosecutor. Uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't. I couldn't say John Morrison oh, because or, I'd, or Johnny I'd say an Austin Aries or something like that. He'd make a great prosecutor. I think he'd make a scary judge. You know, yeah. You know, I maybe I'd, I'd have him as a judge. You know, maybe maybe Conan would. Uh, uh, you know, it, just in case it gets appealed, he'd be more of a Supreme Court. So maybe Conan's up there, and we're yeah. more at like, uh, yeah. Yeah, like a state court right now. Oh, man. And then, you know what? If you're around, they might look around and be like, you, you got the least experience in here. You're the defense. So you might actually have to try to defend Trevor Lee on this. And I would, and I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell Trevor Lee right now, I'm going to politic for that job because I feel <laughs> like I can get him off the hook. <laughs> That'd be good. No, this this will, we got to bring wrestlers court back. I think that's that's something that we're, we're missing. I think a lot of things, and maybe that's why etiquette's changed so much. Like where guys aren't getting up for other guys, you know, like Conan or, or whatever. And guys we don't even know are having seats in the locker room or, um, you know, just all that etiquette's gone. Like it, it feels like. I've so maybe I've seen we, it we have like wrestlers court and we, we bring back that etiquette. I've seen it before. I won't say any names. You know, I am a quiet observer when I sit in the back of, in the back in impact. Now, I won't say anything out loud on the podcast without clearing it, but I've seen with my own eyes guys sitting in chairs and women sitting on the floor. That should never happen in any locker room. And, you know, and to, you know, their defense, I guess you could say sometimes the females or, or whatever the case may be will say, like, they'll, they'll get offered a chair. Hey, you want to sit here? And they say, oh, no, I'm all set to have a seat. And I've, I've been in the locker room. And, and that's and okay. I, I like to use Conan as an example because Conan's been there probably the longest and he has the most seniority and, you know, he's a, he's a star, right? So um, I, I've been sitting in a chair where 20 other guys are sitting and I look at Conan and I shouldn't be the one giving it up, but I've, I've, done, and I, I've done so much as this. I remember our very first pay-per-view in uh in like the detroit area back in i I don't remember what year but it was the first one uh, outside of orlando and we were all flying from detroit to back to orlando to film tvs so after the pay-per-view the next morning on the monday um you know me being uh, and this is back when northwest was still around me being uh from detroit flying everywhere i was like a a, whatever the highest status was like a platinum elite or, or whatever the case may be so i was always getting upgraded to first class so I got upgraded to first class. A couple other guys did. And I knew, like, all the wrestlers are on this flight. And I'm like, Conan. I went right up to Conan. I'm like, you want my seat? And he's like, oh, thanks. You know, thanks, bro. I really appreciate it. And he took my seat for that two-and-a-half-hour flight. I had no problem doing it because that's the etiquette 
that I grew up in in wrestling, and it's gone now. But Conan gives me his seat. This was the kicker. This was a, I was I like regretted giving him my uh, first class seat, but um, I was in a middle seat, and I was next to two guys. Um, they, if you guys are used to watch old TNA, they were called, their names are Bruno and Tilly, and they were called Phi Delta Slam. Look them up and look how big they. They're like I don't know, three fifty four hundred pounds. And like I'm sitting in the middle between those two, and pretty much their shoulders are touching, and I'm still in the middle. So I'm, and I was like, this is ridiculous. But I mean, that's what you do. You pay your dues, and uh, man, and that's why I think, man, the courts should come back. I'm, I want to start implementing that. As if I'm not busy enough during my day at Impact, uh, I got to make some time for court. What would be fun if we were big enough? I mean, the day comes that we'll have enough people. We should do a wrestler's court on the podcast, like a live podcasted wrestler's court. Oh, now you're thinking, Dennis. Now you are thinking. We got to do that. We got to do a big conference call, wrestler's court. Yeah. Um, that's great. We, sh- we, should, we should brainstorm this, put it on paper, and set it in motion. Maybe we could do this whole Trevor Lee one over the phone. No, I want to be there. I want this to be in person. <laughs> this is a, I, you know, I, I would almost say... This could be the first wrestler's court of the new impact regime. Uh, it definitely probably is. Yeah. Probably is. Because, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people backstage that come from my generation or, or older that kind of just let it slide. I, I don't know what the deal is. Like, we, 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 we whisper to each other. We kind of shake our heads. And we just kind of go like, you know, times have changed, I guess. But that means we've let them change pretty much, or maybe we were part of that change. I don't know. Um, but something was lost in translation along the way. And, uh, you know, I believe, like, some of it was, like, pretty hardcore etiquette that I didn't agree with, but a lot of it did make sense. You know, you pay your dues, um, you know, just like everybody else. Um, nowadays, like, it's just so much different. Like, nowadays, you can have your first match. It could be on YouTube. You could be phenomenal. And you're going to be getting booked everywhere. You're not going to be having to, you know, uh, travel from city to city and and all that kind of stuff and pay your dues like that. People are going to be wanting to book you and stuff because you're you're so good. You're not going to be sitting there sitting up the ring and working your way up or anything like that. It's it's just so different now. It, it, this this is going to be interesting. This is going to be fun. Uh, this would be something I would love to be a part of, but no, I won't be a part of it because I nobody knows me from Adam, minus the guy doing the camera crew, and he's not going to vouch for me. Well, you know what we do when this wrestler court happens? I'm going to say uh, I want to record all this for the record, and that's when we just set up the podcast. Uh, this, this and we just let the mic go. This is going to be fun. I'm I'm rooting for a good wrestler's court. <laughs> this is great stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and by the way, Court this is, was this was already uh, half our podcast. Oh, geez, uh, are we talking for that long? All right. Well, Court is uh, now out of session. I guess. Yeah. Too bad we couldn't get Trevor Lee. I think that would have been great to surprise him on the podcast with this great news, like the reverse publisher's clearinghouse. <laughs> um. Yeah, who knows if he would even have answered back or, or, or whatever. Does he even have a phone? He's a caveman, right? I mean, is that his gimmick? I don't know. Oh, well, he had a belt for a short time, so he's got to have had a phone, right? <laughs> Probably. Did he send smoke signals to people? I don't know. 
Well, he's going to have to smoke his way out of this problem. <laughs> oh. I know, bad one. Anyways, let's let's move on. We are fresh off the hills of All In. It was a, it, I he, we'll we'll start we'll finish with criticism a little bit later, but let me let me ask you as a guy who a was probably the only wrestler on earth not invited to all in or Starcast. what was your perception from what your friends did you talk to any of your friends about how their experience was down there no i mean this just happened on saturday a few days ago um didn't really well you know i mean i reached out to who um chelsea green right oh who so, will be on the podcast next week Yes. So I reached out to her. Um, you know, but it seems like just like looking at everybody's tweets and stuff like that, that everybody's on cloud nine and uh, big success and everybody was part like happy to be part of that show. If you look at it, it's the biggest um, independent show, I don't know, in history or at modern wrestling time anyways, currently. And uh, to be a part of that, the, all those wrestlers feel like, hey, I'm, I was a part or asked to, or I got on the show to be part of, um, the biggest independent wrestling show of modern time. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's bragging rights right there. You should be very confident and happy for all that. So I don't know anybody that was like, uh, that, you know, was horrible. Even if you were in, let's say that over the budget battle Royal and you were tossed out first within seconds, I don't know. You'd still be like, man. I wrestled in front of uh, 11,000 and some odd people and I got to be, I got to be a part of history. I got to, you know, experience this, that you can check off of any wrestler's bucket list. Yeah. We'll get to the card here in a few minutes. In my criticism, I thought overall the weekend was phenomenal. I, we were at me and Ellsworth were actually booked to be on podcast row i ended up having to back out due to just uh, i'll call it family issues but i just i ended up having to back up so i didn't get a chance to go to starcast a holiday weekend a lot of things got jumbled up uh, i would have ended up about seven hours away to go to chicago just things did not line up right for me to end up going I, a little bit disappointed but i would have only been there on sunday and i heard that was really the down day anyways the card itself, did you watch any of the highlights? You've you've made it known on the podcast that you don't really seek out a lot of highlights to shows that you're not on anymore, whether it's just you're trying to be loyal to Impact or you just don't have time. Did you make time for the all-in highlights at least? I was trying to catch uh, little clips online that they tweeted out or other people tweeted it out. Um, it just it looked like, I mean, it looked very professional, like a phenomenal set up and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I didn't really get to experience any of the drama of any of the matches. Like I heard about the drama with Cody and Nick, um, and the, the NWA championship. And, you know, I mean, I, this is something I'd probably definitely would want to watch in the future. Um, and I'll seek it out eventually. I know I always say that, um, but I'm so behind in wrestling right now, uh, that it's not even funny, but I, to answer your question, I've seen some clips, but I haven't really watched like any full matches or anything like that. All right. Would you have gone to StarCast if they would have invited you? Oh, 
that's a good question. So I, okay, I'll say this. I would have wanted to, um, based on my schedule, I probably wouldn't have been able to like, Hey, it's a long weekend, Labor Day weekend. Um, and you know, any holidays and stuff like that, I'm usually pretty busy around that time. Uh, and that, 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 man, that's a good question, Dennis, because it's history, right? I would like to, I, I know that's the thing, you know, you always like to be part of history. Um, but the thing, and usually you don't realize you're a part of, and I've said this before, you don't realize you're, you're a part of like a revolution or a history until it's already passed. And you look back, you're like, man, we were there. We were part of that. We started it or, or whatever. We were there in the moment with this though, you knew going in, you were going to be a part of history. Like that doesn't happen too often. So, um, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, that's, it's just, it's amazing pretty much, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would have went, I mean, it would have been good just to say hi to everybody and all that and get caught up in that and just to be part of it and experience it. I know, uh, Demore was there. I guess we had, uh, we had a correspondent there. Did you know that Dennis? No. What? Yeah. Russ. Oh, wow. And he did not do anything. Where to go Russ. I, I, I know. I wish uh, he, he, he texted me out of the blue he and he sh- said, hey, I got a last minute ticket to StarCast. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what the text was after that, but it, it said, wasn't. Do you want to go with me? Was it? No, he was already. It was during the show, I think. Um, and he uh, he said something like uh, Demore was there or whatever the case may be. He did mention Demore, and I said, okay. I said, anybody else from Impact? And then he, uh, a little while after, he says, you know, pretty much a lot of your rosters in the over-the-budget Battle Royal. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and then uh, after the Chelsea, and th- then we joked. And then we said, I wonder how many Canadian destroyers will be used or something like that. It was a joke before any of them happened. And then Russ goes, Chelsea Green with the Canadian Destroyer on, on Tessa. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, you sure it wasn't a code red? Because a lot of people get those confused. I still get tweets about that today. And then, um, yes, enough, like the first clip online is Canadian Destroyer and correspondence and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right. And then uh, a ways later, he said Phoenix with the Canadian Destroyer on one of the Young Bucks. And I'm like, of course. So, you know, and I tweeted out, I'm like, you know, um, the Canadian destroyer was there, not the person, but the move. So it's just, it's, it's fitting that the most over move and wrestling is on the most over independent show in wrestling. And don't forget to stop by the Canadian destroyers table and get your autographed pictures of the Canadian destroyer with PD Williams. Exactly. That, that's kind of how it feels. Uh, yeah. Here's my complaint. It wasn't from the card. I think it was, for what you expect, it was a good card. I heard there was a little bit of uh, people going over in their matches. Understandable. My issue is with the wrestling fans around this event. And I've seen a lot of wrestling fans crucify other wrestling fans with the logic of, you can't hate this, this card. Just because it's history. If you hate it, you're not a true wrestling fan, which I don't subscribe to that. I think you can still critique something that is making history and breaking records. It It's made to be critiqued. That's what we do as wrestling fans. No wrestling card is 100% perfect. And if I buy a ticket and I'm not happy and I turn to my friend 
little PD Williams next to me. And I go, PD, I, I really didn't like this card, but I appreciate the moment. And some other wrestling fan drunkenly shouts at me, shut up, you're not a real wrestling fan because you can't appreciate the history. I, really? That That's kind of my issue. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Dennis. Like, um, you're there. You experience the moment. You don't... Uh, everybody and that's why we have so many different characters and different promotions and stuff like that if every wrestling fan was alike and had the same tastes and opinions and stuff then we'd have one promotion uh, a certain set of characters a certain set of storylines everything would be pretty much like very robotic which it's not so you're right in that aspect um where i feel fans kind of get carried away is i i know they pay their ticket their money for their ticket and stuff like that. But when they try to like, I don't know a better way to put it, but like try to hijack the show and, and try to be the show. I mean, I don't you, you paid the money for the ticket. I'm not telling you what to do, but you know, ch- like cheer, clap, boo, sit there, whatever you can criticize it. That's fine. Um, but I, at the end of it, you're, you're right, Dennis. Like you, you don't have to like the show. I mean, maybe it's not your cup of tea or whatever the case may be, uh, but you still want to be a part of that history. Um, that, that, that's my opinion on it. When did the tie change? And I, I believe on one of the Dugcasts with Ellsworth, I asked him this question. I'm not sure if I ever asked you this, but when did the tie change from fa- every fan in the stadium holding up a sign during the Attitude Era at, at, its, at its height? to hardly any signs now in a stadium and people are just hijacking the show with chance. Um, Oh man. Uh, well, I think it started when I think it goes back to social media, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Like before, you know, you probably remember you had to like sit there and watch the show or maybe record it on your VCR. Yeah. I guess DVR was around. The attitude era, maybe it was starting to be around, um, but that—that's what it like. You just had that hunger for, hey, it's wrestling night. You know, we gotta watch wrestling now. I don't have to watch wrestling. I have, if I wanted to get a WWE network or the Global Wrestling Network or uh, New Japan has a network, I can watch anything. And it's all at my fingertips. So I think that's where it's changed. Where people are like, yeah, I've watched enough wrestling. Well, you know what? I want to be part of the show. You know, I'm gonna make myself part of the show. Um, whether they like it or not, because that's what social media is now. Social media is like you're promoting yourself and it's never been like that before. It's never been like uh, a big self-promotion thing. And I think that's what people do. And I think, uh, I think it was like Andy Warhol said it was, I think everybody's going to get their 15 minutes of fame in life. And I don't know, maybe that's people's 15 minutes of fame. So, I mean, it's kind of coming true. Wow. I, I think you're right. Do you do you prefer signs, a, a, a crowd full of crazy signs, or do you prefer a chanting crowd? A crowd, uh, probably a, a chanting crowd. I mean, I still see signs and uh, you know Canadian flags and stuff like that to show support. I, I like to see like Canadian flags and stuff, uh, but more than signs and everything. I mean, signs are hard for me to read when I'm out there because it's a sea of people and it's not like oh I'm gonna stop and read a sign and all that kind of stuff. I know you want to get on TV and stuff. So I think it's more of an aggressive part of being noticed. So before, you know, I've been to wrestling events when I was younger and we signs and it's to say like, Hey, 
we could get on TV with our sign. And then when we go back and watch it, we could say, hey, that was our sign. Now, that, that was very passive. Now, I think it's more aggressive now. It's like, hey, if I start this chant or if I do something disruptive, that's going to be my moment. So who knows where the next step is? I mean, it's, I have no idea. Finally, as we wrap up this podcast, can I talk a little bit about an experience I had just yesterday? Yeah, well, let's start, let's, let's finish up with all in. Okay, uh, I got a couple a couple more things because I know there's been some uh, I, I don't know reports of uh, time and all that kind of stuff, and I think it was falsely reported. They're saying like one match went 14 minutes over when really it was only a minute over. And uh, I know the Bucks are involved. I know they. They, they help produce a show with Cody. Cody's been in WWE and all that kind of So they should know the ins and outs. I know, like, for example, I'll take it back to Slammiversary, our last pay-per-view. That was a live pay-per-view. Like, w- w- when when we time the show, we don't time it up until, you know, three minutes before 11 o'clock. Because that gives you no buffer. So a lot of the times, like, we like to time it to, like, 1045. Gives us a 15-minute buffer. Well, that's to 11 o'clock. We usually go off a... Uh, like a minute or two before if you're really pushing it. So at least you got like a 12 minute buffer that way. If some segments go along or whatever, you have a lot, a lot more to work with. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they, they missed time or, or people went longer than expected, or maybe they didn't time the entrances, right? Because entrances could take longer when they're people aren't like making their way to the ring and all that kind of stuff. That's all timed in there and like video packages and, uh, like set up and take down after like a ladder match and a tables match and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I remember we ran into a problem at Slamversary. So, and I, I talked about this in the podcast, but I didn't get too inside baseball on this. So Scott was the producer of the main event and had Curtis Granderson and Moose and uh, Aries in there and in-ring introductions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, Scott turned it over to me. He's like, hey, can you get with them and get this match? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I remember sitting in the truck and, like we, we went over on some segments uh, in the show and we, we were trying to cut stuff throughout the show. But I mean, if the, the match right before the main event goes over the main event, like they kind of get the shaft on this one. I mean, there's no more time to cut. If the first match goes over, it's like, okay, so they go over by like two minutes. All right, we're going to cut off a minute, maybe on the net. Well, you see where you can cut the times mm-hmm. um, or eliminate segments, whatever the case may be. So I remember sitting in the truck, and I, I really don't remember how much time the main event had. I don't know if it was like 18 minutes, but they got cut four minutes. Four minutes is a big time, big like it's a long time, and it sucks because that's the main event to your pay per view. Um, so but you you got to go, you know, home before 11, or else it's going to go dark and nobody's going to see the finish. Then you have really upset fans. But when I was sitting in the truck, I'm sitting there, and I, I got the match, and I know what they're going to be doing next like pretty much the go home stuff so that way you know with the ref cues and all that kind of stuff so um i'm sitting there i'm looking at the clock because it's like right above the monitors and i'm like i'm looking at them and looking at my notes and i'm like are are they gonna make it and i'm just like like i'm almost like a fan i was like get up get up but i'm not saying get up because i want the guy to win i'm like get up because we're almost out of time like let's go and we got everything in and i got to give it to like i don't know if it was aries or just Aries or if it was Aries and Moose, but Aries is like a true professional. And it, it, it was, he, he cut out the proper stuff and it came, he still got his story across uh, in a shorter amount of time. And we, we hit our mark and we went off the air and we didn't lose like, you know, 
we didn't go dark or anything like that. It was, it, it was perfect. Mind you, you know, you want to just tell a little bit more of a story with that four minutes, but, um, timing is, I mean, I know they have experience. I don't know what happened if other guys that they hired to do certain jobs or maybe they were like, Oh, whatever. I do know that, uh, uh, one of the young bucks was like, you know, we're over on time on the match before theirs with Okada and stuff. Don't change anything in your match. So it was cool that the Bucks took it upon themselves. Like, hey, we'll cut our own match. Even though we booked ourselves in the main or whatever the case may be, we'll cut our own match. We're not going to cut anything else from the other guys. So that, that's pretty cool. Usually the main event, you got to leave the time there. It's the main event. But this, this card, the, the whole thing, like top to bottom, was almost like a main event type matches all the way across. What happens? I don't even know as a fan. You're doing, let's let's say you're doing Bound for Glory. For whatever reason, one of the matches goes nine minutes over. And it's a second. <laughs> well, hang on, hang on. Okay. I, I know that's ridiculous, but I, I'm using it as a reference point. And it's a second match. So you're trying to chip away at every single match. Uh, come main event time, they start losing it. You're 30 seconds from going off of the air, but they're two and a half minutes away from finishing up that match. What happens? What is, what's the consequences from going over that time, maybe from a production standpoint on the pay-per-view channel? Well, first off, it wouldn't happen. You would just, the ref would be yelling at you saying like, we're going off the air in 30 seconds. You guys have to pin. You guys have to go home right now. We're going to be off the air. And those guys will get the cue. Like, all right. So there is a lot of pressure on the main event because you go off the air. In the first match, you know, you want to hit your time. You know, it's imperative that you hit your time and everybody hits their time. But, like, it's, it's just going to get cut from other people's matches. So you're kind of screwing everybody else on the card. Um, but if that's the case... Uh, I don't think it would happen. And I know I think maybe WCW did it before. I know they went off the air uh, on like a Halloween Havoc or something. Uh, but it, it costs like, I believe, and I don't even know if it's the same, it costs like so much money to keep that stream going. Or I don't even know if they allow you to have the stream anymore. I'm not really sure what logistics of it behind it is. But, um, yeah, if somebody goes nine minutes over, like people in WWE, like they get fired over like a minute over and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, or fine or whatever the case may be. Like it's no joke. Like TV time is precious and delicate and you have to, you know, stick to your times. That's why, you know, if you're ever watching something on TV and you're like, wow, that finish came out of nowhere or, or that, that didn't seem right. Well, maybe it didn't because they were going over and they had to take it home like right now. Um, and that's a lot of things that people don't see. They're just like, okay, these guys have to deliver an awesome match. That's what the fans see. But there's so much more to that. And, like, you know, just I know when I plan my matches, like, I, I know the times and stuff like that. And you just have to – I've just been doing it for long enough where I, I know how long things take and, you know, what to cut and all that kind of stuff. And I've been in that situation where they're like, you got to go now. It's like, Okay. Wow. It, it, so you guys would risk ruining the show for, for just saving, uh, at least a main event for saving on TV time. 
Uh, well, it's pay-per-view time. Um, t- TV, it's different. We pre-record everything so we can, uh, you know, kind of cut stuff and commercial breaks come back like later in the match and all that kind of stuff. So we have a little bit more, but on you know, pay-per-view, you can't go over. I mean, I want to say like they didn't even allow you. Like you just go dark. Like this is what you paid for. It's done. So like, and if you were, we I mean, that's a whole it, like. And we can tease it going into the next week, right? Well, um, for a pay, well, you wouldn't want to do that for a pay-per-view. I mean, that would really upset a lot of people that paid money for a pay-per-view, right? Okay. And, but for TV, I mean, and I remember WWE doing it right before the Attitude Era. Like, I'm watching it, and now they have, like, this overrun that they buy and all that kind of stuff, or maybe it's negotiated in their contract and stuff. But I remember it was like a Shawn Michaels thing and Ken Shamrock, and there's a run-in, and then they just go black. It goes dark because, you know, they were done on their overrun, or maybe they didn't have a contract negotiation with their overrun or whatever the case may be. Um, and you're like, what happened? And then, of course, I tune in next week because then the first thing they do on the next week's show is they, re- they, they play what we missed when, when it went dark. So, yeah, it can be used as a cliffhanger, but it just comes across as so unprofessional if, that happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That That's interesting. Yeah. I, I never knew. And I believe there was one pay-per-view and I did. Maybe you're right. It was the WCW one where it just goes black and you're left wondering what happened. And I think they, they teased it all oh, tune in, you know, to find out what happened. It's something like that. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sure on Eric Bischoff's podcast, he talks about it. Uh, I don't. I remember reading something about it uh, a while ago, um, mm-hmm. as to why that happened. So I was always curious, like, how did they do that? Um, but I, I don't remember what the outcome was. I really don't. It, it's very interesting. And then finally, 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 to wrap up this podcast, I have a little story to tell. Uh, just uh, the other night. I was asked to come down and do a live podcast. James Ellsworth was in town in Detroit. We were going to do a live podcast. We were going to support the Championship Wrestling League, which I ended up somehow being a part of the first episode, believe it or not. Oh. I I don't know if I even told you this part. So, uh, yeah, the the host or one of the interviewer guys had to leave because he had tickets for, for the show. Poof, he's gone. Uh, they had Brian Pillman Jr. there, who I interviewed many months ago, but you were not available to do that interview. So technically, he was on the podcast, but was interviewed by both of us. They're like, oh my gosh, who's going to interview this guy? I raised my hand like, hey, 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 believe it or not, I can actually do this, you know? <laughs> I do this all the time for many, many years. Yes, let's do this. And now I've reached out to this to the, to the kid running it who I, I ended up liking. I'll be honest. This is a podcast where we're brutally honest. I wasn't a huge fan of his because I really felt I was offering my time up for free. Like, look, I'll come in and do something – you know, whether it's in, I'm not going to set up a ring or anything. I'm just not going to do that. Cause I don't want to be a wrestler and I, I don't want to make it sound bad, but that's just, I'm 40 years old. I don't want to make it an industry doing that is a young kid's game. 
So I said, yo, I'll, I, I want to learn. Let me sit in on creative meetings. Let me sit in on this. Let, let me be the interviewer who gets my butt kicked or made fun of or just do something, but I'm willing to do it for free. Said, no, no, thanks, but no thanks. So I come down, and then I'm like, well, hey, let, let me do this. So I end up sitting down and doing a, I guess, a profile on Brian Pillman Jr. with Brian Pillman Jr. there. It lasts about five minutes. It's going to air the first show, which will introduce him into a future show. Came off good. Everybody was happy. But it, it he the, the kid comes up to me, and we start talking. He's like, look, I really appreciate it. I, you're, I want you to be part of this going forward. And I, I feel like, and this is where I'm getting to, Pete. He's a little bit in over his head. His intentions are right. He saved up for 12 years. He gets a TV contract, even though it's it's TV, uh, but it's you know kind of the equivalent of the CW here in Detroit or whatever cable access channel is. But it, but it's more than ninety percent of independent shows. I believe Championship Wrestling from Hollywood also airs on the same station, which is still pretty cool. My question to you, Petey, is as we listed off all the stuff you've done everywhere you've wrestled. What what do you tell somebody who has so many more pieces than most shows put together, but yet still seems f- over his head, almost like you know he's gonna start spinning his tires? You know, there's there's uh, you know some inner state uh, locking out of talent. It's just some crazy stuff going on for this kid. What what do you tell a kid like that? Uh, good luck. First off, so if it, here's the thing: if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? So, I mean, it's good. I, I I give this guy credit that he's pursuing his dream. He's had a goal in mind. A lot of people give up on whatever their goal is in life. That a lot of people give up on their goals way too early because they find out, oh, it's tough, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, and you, if you said he's been saving up for twelve years, that's got to be tough. And this has probably been a dream of his and all that stuff. He hasn't given up in 12 years. I think he has the determination to possibly succeed. Um, I don't want to tell him he's not going to, but it's going to be tough. And maybe he doesn't realize how tough it's going to be. But, man, I mean, the, the thing I would recommend is don't go in it alone. You don't have somebody that's been there before that has written TV uh, yeah. And I still learn things all like every single week about ins and outs. And there's so many little things. And like, just when we sit in production meetings, like when they're like, uh, yep. Um, so-and-so is going to come to the ring and cut a promo, uh, when somebody else is already in the ring and they're like, okay, who's Mike? Like we got three mics, let's say, and like, whose mic do they have? And all that, like, it's like so many pieces and little things you don't think of. You, you know, to make a show run smooth. And that's just, I don't even know why I use the microphone, for example. It's just because that's something I wouldn't think of. You just think there's a mic at ringside and then there should be a mic in the back, but then a mic for the ring and out. It, it's just a lot of stuff. And then, you know, just knowing how to book the show. Like, you don't want to book like a lot of heavy stuff back to back, like a, a main, like two main storylines, like one going into commercial, one coming out of commercial, because that's a lot of heavy stuff. And like, um, like in, in a short, you know, segment and all that. I mean, 
you should he should really i mean if he wants it to be like tip top type you know top notch stuff but you know i know he's gonna make it work uh whether it's good or whether it's not he's gonna do his his television and stuff like that because he's already invested the money and has has got the ball rolling and stuff um it's just it is a lot and you know, a lot of people could maybe do it, but maybe they don't want the headache because it is so much. And I think at the end of the day, when he does get this done, he's going to go like, wow, that was tough. And he might be make a lot of money off it. He might be broke, but he'll be like, man, that was tough. But hey, I did it. And that's something that I set out for myself to do. And I, you know, lived my dream. See, that's that's interesting because that would have been the advice I might have given him is, and this is what I told him, I'm twice his age. I've, I can say that I've been around a lot of locker rooms now because of you. And I told him at the beginning of the night, it felt like the world is kicking in your teeth, but you rebounded nice. You know, a couple of the wrestlers that were there uh, went above and beyond to draw people in. He sold some tickets to some shows. I said, you know, Everything being equal, you sold some tickets. It might have took a little bit longer. A lot of people stayed even later. I didn't get out of there until, uh, I God, I'd say it was after 1130 before I left there that night. And I wasn't supposed to be there that late. So, I, you know, I just told him, look at the bright side. You rebounded. It, it was good. You have to continue to work. Uh, you know, I... I, I'm excited to kind of be a part of this. Uh, hopefully, I can help him. But, you know, ultimately, he's got to be the guy that's that's going to lead the ship. And I think he just – and he I, – I could tell that he learned it a little bit. Learn how to delegate. Yeah, and that, that's a lot of things. Like, you have to have a team. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to know who's – you know, the strengths and weaknesses and all that. That's what a good leader does. They know – you know who his team is and what the strength and weaknesses are and all that kind of stuff and you delegate to you know those that have the strengths and know what you're looking at them to do and that, that's the that's the the structure that's the organization you know you got talent relations director and you know the the, the booking guys and all this kind of stuff so um i mean man it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what, he, what comes of it because I, I hope he doesn't go to indie shows and say says oh i could do this you know, because I, I really believe anybody can almost book an indie show. I mean, indie shows are like, it's pretty much house shows. They're just for the crowd. Like, you know, you got like whatever, let's say eight matches or whatever. And you have an intermission in the middle. So the guys could sell merchandise and all this kind of TV doesn't work like that. Like you've been to our TVs, Dennis. Like we film right. two shows, right? Which like when it comes across on TV, that's four hours. But we condense it down because of commercial breaks and some stuff we film that we don't show the crowd that we're behind the scenes stuff. And we film stuff out of order. Like some, like we might show the main event of one show first. And then the next match is like the first match of that show. Yeah, like it just, it all depends. So we're trying to play to the crowd at the same time, make a, a television show. So, I mean, these are all factors and this is just scratching the tip of the surface. Um, but I mean, he'll, he'll, if he's determined, he'll make it work. He'll stay up long hours because he loves wrestling and he wants to do this so bad. So for determination, I, I believe he has this determination. And uh, the skill set, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know this guy, and I don't know his knowledge and all that kind of stuff and what his background is. And finally, wrapping this up, I want to hit on something a little bit heavy. I saw people starting to call the Rhodes family, Cody Rhodes, Dustin. Uh, you, you have the legend, the monarch of the family, the royal family of wrestling right now. I'm not sure how that sits with me because I still feel like maybe the Flair family is, but yet it's tough now. Did did Cody Rhodes with his dad's legacy, with his brother's legacy, you know, say what you want, but his, his brother, Dustin gold dust is, is still a successful wrestler with all that being said, added with all in are is the Rhodes family the new royal family of wrestling? Mm. I know. I know well, that's a tough one for uh, me. Because you, you, you start to look at other families. You, I mean, maybe for Labor Day weekend, yes. Um, we'll see if that... I want to see what happens next now. They've done all this. What happens next? I know they, they teased all in two when that will be i don't know if this is going to be an ongoing thing maybe maybe he'll be um the what would they call it the royal, royal family of wrestling i i think i i, I think you're I right i don't think they're there yet i think they're i think i don't think they're there yet i think they're in contention i don't think they're like i mean come on the royal family of wrestling is probably like like Triple H and the, Stephanie, the like that, you know what I mean? Like they are. You can name the Von Erics, you know the Flares. Yeah. I, I, they're probably way more than I didn't even mention there that people will kick me for it. I yeah. apologize if I didn't name it, but yeah, like the Hearts, you know, like all, all that hearts, kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's so many, but like right now they're on the map. You know what did like. Dusty won the NWA world title. Cody finally winning it now. And it's just, uh, you know, there's a legacy there. Um, But I I don't know. I I wouldn't say they're the royal family of wrestling. Um, I mean, they're all great wrestlers, right? Workers. I, I don't know it's, though. It's, I, I it's can't. Tough, I can't say I agree with that statement. It's a tough one. Yeah. I I don't know myself. I would say, I'd say no. I think they're close. They they might have positioned themselves sitting around number three. Now, if Cody Rhodes backs this all in up with something else, just as amazing. I could easily say, yeah, look what his dad did. Look what he's doing now. He's revolutionizing the indie circuit, the Bullet Club. Although he's, I'd say he he wasn't an original Bullet Club member. He may not have been the most popular Bullet Club member, but he's leader now. I could, I could also see them nev- never trying all in again. And he just becomes one of Ring of Honor's greatest wrestlers, and we we forget about what could have been. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's his style, though. I really don't. I don't either. Um, but like I you just... said, I think he's on. Like he could potentially be on his way. Um, what he's doing right now, yeah. I mean, this is this is history. 
it's going to be very important in this history, like right now, what he does next. So that's going to be the most important part of the puzzle. Let me ask you this. Cody Rhodes puts together all in two, and they fall short. I believe I have the official number here. Hang on. I, and by the way, the buy rates did horrible on uh, from all intents and purposes. The ratings came out uh, only 196,000 viewers. Uh, I guess they were they were expecting maybe 250 to half a million. So it, well, that was for the pre-show, though I believe was it. So the pre-show, yeah, I think they called all in like zero hour or something like that. So that's the hour beforehand that was on like uh, cable TV that did uh, like whatever 196,000. So for for a pre-show leading up to the pay-per-view. So I, and I don't I didn't see the buy rate numbers. So that would be actual pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But uh, in attendance, 11,263 people. Let's say next next year they do all into wherever it is they decide to do it, whether it's California or, or Florida or Orlando, who knows. L- let's say they do 10,120 people. The, they, they, they beat the 10,000 mark again, but fall short of what they did. And maybe the buy rates, whatever they come out to be, are exactly the same. Is it a success again? Or did they set the bar too high the first time around? Do you, do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Um, no, and that's the thing. This was such a big deal and there was so much hype behind it. It was a success, right? Now... And you got to remember, we're in 2018. Everything's like, oh, yeah, been there, done that, saw that. So now people are saying like, yeah, I was there at All In. I saw it. I've been there. Eh, do I want to travel to go to the next one? No, I was at the original, man. You know, But maybe they'll get that sort of cult following that it, like ECW had a huge cult following. Right. Now maybe this is a new one. Like It's like the... Uh, I support indie wrestling or or whatever the case may be, cult following. So maybe, you know, and I I don't think an ECW never drew like uh, ten thousand people or anything like that. They they ran a in a a bingo hall pretty much. Um, so I don't think attendance and stuff is necessarily success. Um, there's so much more to that because then are they going to start, you know? Uh, out looking for a TV contract and that, then they're not an indie show anymore or uh, all this other kind of stuff that, that needs to get done. So um, yeah, man. It, yeah. And I'm going to stick by this. What, what happens next? What he does next? Uh, he already thought outside the box once. So he's gonna have to do it again and keep people interested. And you know, maybe Jericho showing up as part of it now. Maybe the next one, Jericho's actually going to wrestle at it now. So maybe that's your that's your draw. And that's the one thing about the promotions. They always try to top the last time. And, you know, sometimes you fall short. So you can't always keep topping yourself. Maybe you can. I don't know. But it's really hard to do. All right. Well, look, there you go. That's this week's Wrestling Perspective. PD, where can people find you? On Twitter at IPDWilliams. All right, there you go. Remember, folks, you can go over the WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. Thank you, by the way, to everybody going over to the website. 
Uh, we don't put a lot of love. We have it set up where it's pretty easy. You go down, you can find our Twitter feeds, find the Facebook. You can listen right from the page if you're at work. You can click on any of the pictures and get to any of the places our podcasts are. Very simple, but I checked the numbers, I, I believe, a couple days ago. And last month, we had over 25,000 followers or, or people hitting the website, which was huge for us, PD. Yeah, especially since, like you said, we haven't been putting a lot of love into it. So uh, maybe it's people checking back going, are they going to update this? Or <laughs> I don't know. I uh, don't mean to throw you under the bus, Dennis. Maybe Thanks. I should do my part and start updating, right? Uh, you should just try to do your part and do something. <laughs> How about hey, I'm here every week. I'm here every week with you. You are. Uh, but yes, uh, thank you. And by the way, we did it again last week or this month already. I think we're at 11,000 hits already on the website. So whatever's driving you people to the website, thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. I tell people you get two amazing podcasts on one feed all for free wrestlingperspectivepodcast.com go over to iTunes you can rate subscribe leave a comment help us move up the algorithms on the podcast rankings page it helps us attract advertisers and people that watch and all that other good stuff you can follow me on Twitter Dennis77Farrell don't forget uh, the Dugcast with James Ellsworth on the same feed PD thank you my friend Oh, thank you, Dennis. And uh, we'll see you guys. I, what? Let's see here. Sunday, we record with uh, Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know when we're going to sh- throw that up, but I'm in Mexico next week for TV tapings. Uh, uh, I have a match with Rich Swan tomorrow night, Thursday, uh, oh, yeah. if this airs on Wednesday. Uh, it's our rematch from Redefine, so make sure you check that out on Pop. And don't forget, oh, by the way, in in the future, we've confirmed it. It won't be next week. It might be the week after. But we're going to have Weapon X, Brian Cage, on the podcast. Yeah, I I think he's excited to go on. I'm I'm shocked that, you know, I'm really shocked that people are excited and... uh, People are um, listening. Do you know how... I I mean, Sammy Callahan told you he enjoyed the show. Uh, Dave Chris likes the show. I, you know, they're, they're, I believe uh, Michael Elgin in, is a fan of the show. There are now wrestlers that are listening that say, I, and I'm not going to say which wrestler said this, but one of the wrestlers said this to either you or I, I don't remember, but it's easy because it's not a whole show of you guys putting each other over. It's just two guys having the same conversation I would have with one of my wrestling friends at a bar over a beer. Yeah, and and that that's what it, I could I could criticize other podcasts stuff like that. I've heard them um, like, and we've talked about this before with, uh, you know, uh, like language and stuff like that, and uh, what people want to listen to and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know who I am, right? And Dennis, you know who you are, where you've been, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't need to have an hour each week of putting myself over. I, I do not need that. I'd much rather sit here, talk wrestling with you in like either a positive or, or negative light, um, but just to talk wrestling. I mean, that's what I believe you and I grew up doing with our friends, mm-hmm. and we're, 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 we're still doing it now as very, very, very old men. <laughs> very, very old nerdy men. Exactly. <laughs> you can't leave a nerd out. Well, 
have fun at the TV tapings in Mexico. As always, we'll try to find a way to record this, but we do have Chelsea Sunday. Maybe we'll just record that show all together and then throw it up, and you don't have to worry about trying to Skype because you know what they say about you know drinking the water in Mexico and using the internet. You just don't do it. Yeah, no, you don't. You don't do either of those. That's very good. All right, uh, that's this week's Wrestling Perspective, guys. Thank you so much. Follow us everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, Wrestling Perspective. See you next week, Pete. All right.